like to welcome you to the house of the Lord this morning. We've got some visitors here today, sitting right down front from Miami, Oklahoma. And you said you just have been baptized not very long ago? Day after Christmas. Day after Christmas. So we've got a new member, and I've got an old timer's uh, fadeaway of thought. I can't remember what your name is. Dan and Kathy. And they're from Miami, Oklahoma. And we're glad to have you. For a call to worship, I'd like to read from Alma, the 14th chapter. Blessed be the name of our God. Let us sing to his praise. Yea, let us give thanks to his holy name. He, he, for he doth work righteousness forever. We will, uh, have we got any announcements? You got anything? We're going to have class tonight. All right. Okay. Good deal, son. Uh, let's open our hymnals to number 56. We'll stand to sing this and I'll offer the invocation. Stand, please. Heavenly Father, we come to Thee this morning in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to invite Your Holy Spirit to be with us. Especially, Father, we pray that You'd be with Brother Steve as he stands before You this morning and and I pray that the words that he's studied out, to, he can deliver them in a way that would bring honor and glory to Your name and bring understanding to each one of us. So we pray that You would bless this congregation with the, Your Holy Spirit also. And pray, Father, this morning that you'd be with all of those that uh, can't be with us because of illness and for the infirmities in their lives, and that you would bless them this day. And these things we'd ask and give thanks for in Christ's holy name. Amen.
High Priest Steve Van Meter will be our speaker this morning. Be prayerful for him. Scripture reading this morning is going to come out of Luke chapter 5, verse 8. And this is uh, after Christ had been talking to the multitudes and he'd been teaching them and talking to them in parables. But this is the parable of the sower. And it came to pass afterwards that when he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, And the twelve who were ordained of him were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Jonah, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stuart, and Susanna, and many others who had ministered unto him with their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake to them by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit. And a hundredfold. You remain seated and turn your hymnals to five oh one. Five oh one.
was really nice to see you two here this morning, being newly baptized, and it just made me recall since uh, my mother and dad, when they were baptized, it was in January, and before we had this building, and we was going to use the baptismal font at the church next door, and I remember uh, me, myself, uh, myself, T.H., and Morton Hampton had worked with my parents, and we promised them that that water would be warm because it was a heated font. And uh, come that time of that baptismal service, and wouldn't you know that somebody forgot to turn the heater on? And my dad is colder natured than I am. But yet, when he stepped into that water, you, know, you could just about see him want to turn blue. But he went on in, and the Lord blessed him, and uh, it was one of the greatest days of my life. And I'll never forget it. So welcome. For the last two or three weeks, I kept having the armor of God upon my mind. And that's what I was going to preach about. But the Lord is moving me in another direction. And this morning I want to talk to you as your pastor and to you as individuals and collectively as a body about where we're at in our stage of life right now, what's going on in the world. Everything was moving along pretty good for us until 2020. And nobody foresaw what was going to come and happen. But the world got hit hard with COVID-19. And we didn't know what to do. Nobody did. We didn't know how dangerous it was. And businesses went on being shut down. Schools were closed. Churches had to close, and it was hard to something to adapt to. And that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life was to say that we had to close services for a while. And I really, truly thought in my mind that this would pass in a couple weeks or a couple months. And boy, was I wrong. This has lingered for two years. It's not only affected everybody in the world, but it's affected our membership. And that's why I was reading the parable of the sowers this morning. Because every one of us are in one of those four that was mentioned in there. Membership has uh, dropped way off. And there's some other members that we've had. I've heard from a few of them. And I know others of you have talked to them at times too. And some of them said that uh, I won't come back until there's a vaccine. Well, we have a vaccine. Well, the next thing is I won't come back until everybody's vaccinated. Well, the majority of our people have been vaccinated. 
then the next response is, I won't come back until everybody wears a mask. It's just one step after another, but that's their choice and what they want to do. But we were able to open up after about two and a half months, and it was a slow process. We started out with just the 11 o'clock service, and we keep a limited amount of priesthood up here up front as to try to be as safe as we possibly could. And there was a lot of prayers went up, I know not for myself, but by everybody, on how we're going to keep everybody safe because of the way that that virus had spread. We had everybody spaced out, at least six foot apart. And most of us wore masks. And most of us tried to keep ourselves hand sanitized that we wouldn't affect somebody else in case we were a carrier of it. And you would probably be shocked at how much sanitizing and Clorox wash were used trying to sanitize the building and keeping everything as clean and safe as we possibly could. And sometimes that took place two and three times a week, either after a service or before, that we would sanitize everything to try to make the people feel safe. And still, some won't come. But that's their choice. The hymnals, if you remember, we didn't want everybody to grab a hymnal that somebody else had had. And at one time, we had them placed out there on the table with your name on it. So that hymnal, you were the only one touching it. Nobody else could touch it and infect it or whatever. And now we've been able to get back to where we're pretty much sitting in here and our hymnals in there in the right places. The Lord has blessed us. And I really struggled with the sacrament service. The first month that we were open, we didn't have a sacrament service. That's the most important service of our church. Because that's when we come together to partake of those emblems and remembrance of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we do that, God has given us a promise that His Spirit would always be with us. And I struggle with how we're going to be safe. And when the Lord finally enlightened me of how we would set the table up and how we would serve the bread with the little thongs or whatever they call them things that you pick it up with so we wouldn't be touching the bread. We would just pick it up and drop it in your hands and to try to wear gloves at first or to sanitize our hands when we serve the sacrament wine and if you remember, we have you hold on to those little sacrament bottles, and then we would come back and you would drop them into a plastic sack that nobody else would be touching them and handling them. That's as safe as we possibly could come up with to keep everybody else safe from the virus. Well, two years have gone by, and we're still fighting the virus. A lot of people have died. 
a lot of church members, and a lot of them are still fighting it and being infected, our friends, our families. And I'm so thankful that God has blessed us in this congregation. There's not a day that goes by that I don't pray. And I ask the Lord to keep us free and safe of the virus. And when we had our Thanksgiving dinners and our Christmas dinners in 20, it was uh, worrisome to a point of wondering if somebody was going to get sick. But the Lord blessed us and we come through there. And then last year, we got along pretty well until uh, Parker's ordination service. And Elbert and Coral showed up and didn't realize that they had COVID. And they thought they just had sinus troubles. But Brother Roger suffered terribly because of that virus. And he was in the hospital about two and a half months, Roger, in a struggle for his life. Now that wears on you. And it makes you think, did I make the right decision? Well, the Lord brought us through that. And Patricia got it. And her son got it. But luckily, they didn't have to wind up in a hospital. But Patricia still has problems with it. And so does Roger. And it's going to be a long struggle to get back to what they once were. And I don't want anybody in this congregation to have to go through that. So I pray constantly, asking that the Lord will bless us and keep us safe. And I know that we're supposed to say it's in one scripture that says that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But he's also given us wisdom. And he's given us common sense. And some people don't like to wear a mask. Well, we really need to realize one thing about the mask. The mask is not so much to protect you, but it's to protect other people of what you might be able to give them. We all sneeze, we cough, we do different things, and sometimes that could be just what it takes to set somebody else off. And we don't want to try to force anybody to do anything, but please use your best judgment. Everything that's going on into the world right now, a lot of you people that are way up in your ages may have gone through something like this before in your life. But I've never seen anything affect worldwide like this has. I was too young to really remember much about polio and what went forth then. But I do remember just standing in a line as a little fella and getting a shot. And that's about all I can remember of it. But my faith and my trust 
is in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's prepared our way. We've got to be able to walk in the paths of our Heavenly Father has chosen for us. As that parable says, it talks about this seed and where it's fell. I have family members, and I know you have too, that had accepted this gospel at one time in their life, and they're no longer here. We've had very dear church friends right here with us over this last year or two that are not here. And we've had some that have completely walked away from the gospel. And I know it hurts you as much as it does me. But it ain't near to what the hurt it does for our Heavenly Father. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And his plan was for us to be in that celestial kingdom with him. And that's why he created us. But we have a choice because he gave us agency. And a lot of our choices are not very good. Every day when we get up in this world, we got to make a choice. Am I going to follow God today? Or am I going to follow a man and do what I want to do? I remember when I was a teacher and I was in charge of home ministry and I put together a couple of papers and the first one was to set your home in order. And what we needed to do as individuals and as families in our homes. And I know I wrote in there because a lot of them had said that, well, your church is okay, but it's not for me, or I don't need it right now. I was in one home, and I read the church member's manual, part of it to them, about attending services. That was a responsibility as a member of the church. And they said, well, that's all said and good, but that's not for me now. What do you do? You can't force people to come. I've been in other homes where they would have an excuse mile long why they couldn't come on Sundays. Many of them was that that's my only day to sleep in. And I've talked to them many a times about church services. It's no different than conditioning yourself to go to work every day. That's a part of your life. You get up and you go to work. Well, what's so hard about getting up and coming to church? to meet your heavenly father and to hear what the Lord has to say. In the Book of Mormon, it talks about the priest and the teachers. When the word of the Lord was given to them, what did they do? They left their labors to come together to meet with the people. And the people left their labors to come to hear what was to be said. And then they departed and went back to their ways every day. We are truly blessed when we do what the Lord says. And when we look out here right now in the times and the way the world is right now, we've got to follow 
Jesus Christ. He is our advocate. He's our mediator. And he has came to show us the way back into our Heavenly Father. And that's the greatest blessing that we'll ever have in this lifetime is to be able to follow Jesus Christ. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Look what look how it was for him. And sometimes we feel like we're failing as ministers of this gospel. Of my whole family, the only ones that uh, I was able to really get it to that it stuck was my mom and dad. I had a couple sisters and a brother-in-law that accepted it and then just fell away. I had other aunts and uncles that would just uh, almost disown me because of the choice that I made. But I know I made the right choice. I was given the gift of the Holy Ghost to guide and direct me, to teach me, and to help me to try to walk that straight and narrow path. Wednesday night, I had on my theme was to set a good example. And many times in my life, I don't set that good example. And it's bothered me. Because it's so easy to get caught up in what other conversations are taking place or what somebody else is doing instead of standing out and saying, no, let's be this way. Let's do what the Lord says. If it had not been for this gospel, I could not tell you where I'd be today. Who was the sower of the seed? Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to start down about, uh, let's see. Thirty-four. I want to start right there. And this is where Christ said, he's been talking the same thing, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which I have had been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Who is that? Jesus Christ, isn't it? He's the one that sows that good seed. And he's been sowing that good seed since the foundation of the world. From the time of Adam, even up to now, he continues to sow that good seed. And if we're lucky and fortunate, we might be able to help reap some of that. We share our testimonies. We pray. We try to set good examples in our lifetimes, not for just our brothers and sisters here, but for those out into the world to see 
There's something different about that person. What is it? During that, uh, and it's still been kind of a struggle here with the virus and the way it's been, my biggest fear was funerals. How are we going to handle these funerals? But fortunately, most of the time, we didn't have too much of a problem because I was really worried about if a lot of times with we, this building and our priesthood does a lot of funerals for people that are not members of the church. So how do you get them to be able to come in and to either mask up or keep sanitized or do whatever you have to do to keep everybody else safe and to keep our building in good condition. And that was a struggle. It shut down home ministry. Dean and Alex were doing a lot of home ministry. And it was hard to go into a home because you didn't know how they felt about being around people that are already out into the world that might be carrying it. You could mask up, you could clean yourself up, sanitize. But then again, you couldn't take the chance of going into some of them homes and getting sick yourself. But it's really hard to have a very good home ministry when you can't see them face to face and to work with them. Administrations, and Brother C.H. can vouch for this, and I know it broke his heart when one person had called from a hospital that was sick, and C.H. said, I can't come. He has a lot of disabilities and stuff that, that virus would kill him. But he was able to offer prayer over a phone, and hopefully the Lord interceded for that and took care of the other parts. But when you can't function the way the Lord wants you to, it's hard on you. So we had to be very prayerful. And to each of us to try to do our best to take care of one another. And if you feel like you're sick, if you feel like you might have something coming on, just stay home. So we don't take the chance of giving it to anybody else we were blessed I know we were in our own home when the Christmas holidays wound up that some of the family members had COVID and but fortunately the only ones that got sick were the ones that came down the rest of us had been vaccinated and uh, the Lord had watched over us and kept us safe and I'm very thankful for that But where are we individually? Only you can decide that. Where is your spiritual life? And where do you want to be? Are you the, the one that when a sower went out to seed, his sowed fell by his wayside and it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it? 
we could think about some of the people out here that we've had before. It was good for a little while for them, but the adversary came and took it away from them, convinced them otherwise. I remember the little testimony Ada shared just recently when she went to try to get a three-in-one Bible. And she must have went to one of the... Uh, places that you buy stuff in Tulsa down there and they told her where she was going to go and they even followed her out the door and tried to convince her otherwise that's how the adversary works tries to turn you away it turned away some of my family and some fell upon a rock and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. If you notice the cracks that get out here in the asphalt, how quickly after a rain, a little grass and stuff can sprout up. But how quickly does it wither away when the sun goes scorching down on it? That's these people right here. we got to grow grace by grace by grace. And we learn here a little, there a little, precept upon precept. And when we quit studying, when we quit reading, we begin to slip backwards. And when we had shut down for that two and a half months or whatever else, a lot of people got comfortable where they were at and no longer felt like they needed to come. And that's hard. We can come up with more excuses why we can't come to a church service and turn right around and go all out of our way to go to a lake or to a birthday party or some kind of a concert. Our priorities get out of whack. But our priority should be God. And what did he say? Love God with all of our heart, minds, and strength. And he said in there, if we love these things more than him, we're not worthy of him. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it out. It's not because the ground was bad. It's because they yoked themselves to the wrong people. They put more faith and trust in their friends and their family than they do their brothers and sisters in the gospel. And they can mislead them and pull them away. You have to be very, very strong to be able to maintain out in this world and not be pulled away from the gospel. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit and a hundredfold. To me, that's you people that are here today. You're here because you're grounded in the gospel. You love your heavenly father. 
And you know that there's only one way, and that's the way that Jesus Christ has prepared. There's no one other than the name given under heaven. But we have to enter in through that straight gate by water baptism and by spiritual baptism, and we have to grow every day in our lives. And when you're moving forward with our Heavenly Father, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulations, and there's going to be times in your life that you think, what did I get into? Why am I being persecuted? Why do they want to make an example out of me? Well, look at the example they tried to make out of Jesus Christ. Well, if that's what I have to do, that's what I hope I can do. He forsook everything to come to save us from our sinful nature. What can we do for him? All he asks is to keep the commandments. And some people say, well, there's way too many commandments for me to keep. We'll just focus up on the two. Love God with all your heart, mind, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we could learn to live by those two, everything else in there is going to take care of itself. I know on our Sunday night classes, I really like the enlightenment we get. Because all through my younger days, when I did attend church, they would try to teach you the Ten Commandments. Can any of you recite the Ten Commandments right now? Was well, there anything in those Ten Commandments about baptism, the Holy Ghost, eternal life? Well, those Ten Commandments is to teach us moral law. But most of us can't even do that. You go out into the world, it's terrible. And you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be made fun of. But you ought to count that a blessing and a joy. Because that means that you're on the right path. Bud just recently baptized a man that had worked with him some. And the first night that that man came here, that has to be administered to. And he said ever since he was baptized, it's been H-E-L-L. And I remember telling him, I said, that's because you made a change in the direction that you're going. That you're no longer walking with the adversary. He had you. He didn't need to bother you. But now that you made that turn, you're facing him head on. And that's why next time I preach, I hope it's going to be on the armor of God. I've talked about it before some, but I feel like every time we read it and we meditate upon it, the Lord enlightens us a little bit more. So put your armor on for this week. Be prepared for what's out there in the world. And trust your Heavenly Father to guide and direct you. And pray. And continually pray that the Lord will keep this congregation and his church safe. 
his power beyond anything we can imagine. And there's no sickness or disease that can penetrate him. And we got to live by what he has said. And he's made us those promises. So make this a good week, not a bad week. Don't focus upon the negative that's out there in the world, but focus upon the good things that's happening in your life. That's where we need to focus. And keep Jesus Christ straight in front of us, that we do not fall to the left or to the right. And I know the Lord will bless you. Thank you. Class tonight at 5 o'clock. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Steve, for your message. Appreciated that. Let's open our hymnals to number 70. 70. And Brother Jim will give our benediction.